Today on Mix Into Magic, we're talking about Space Mountain. Stay tuned for the storytelling, history, and the little-known facts behind this amazing attraction. Hi, I'm Melissa with Mix Into Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert, and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week, I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me. Let's mix in some magic. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Ah. <sighs> It's a crazy week at my house. I've got a birthday party, a high school graduation, and my kid's last day of school. All happening at my house this week. So it's a little bit crazy. It's a lot, but they're all good things, so I can't complain at all. And next week, we're taking the kids to Universal Studios Hollywood to celebrate my son's high school graduation. He loves Nintendo, and since Universal Studios Hollywood just opened Super Nintendo World, we thought we would take him to check it out. So, of course, I'll be sharing all about it in my Instagram stories. You can follow along if you're interested. I'll put a link in the show description. Last week, I mentioned that I'm hosting a mini event at Disneyland with my friend Chantel, the Disneyland tour guide. I am so excited about this. July 17th is Disneyland's birthday, and we're going to celebrate in style with a fun, free event. So if you're planning on being at Disneyland on July 17th, and we would love to see you. Or maybe you're just looking for a reason to visit Disneyland soon. This is it. This is your reason to come hang out with me at Disneyland. We're calling this little mini event Back in Time to Disneyland's Prime because we're doing an opening day attraction challenge. I'm actually really proud of the name of the event because I really wanted it to rhyme. And Chantel didn't think that it mattered either way, but she humored me and we spent a really long time trying to come up with something that rhymed and was also, you know, made sense to the context of what we were doing. It took way longer than it should have. But I'm happy with the name. I like that it rhymes. I don't know. I just felt like it needed it. So back in time to Disneyland's Prime. It's going to be fun. I created an amazing printable that's really cute. I'm also really proud of that. It has all the opening day attractions listed on it, and we're going to ride all of them on July 7th. So we'll have a meeting place at Disneyland where Chantel and I will hang out for a while in the morning and pass out the printable. Or if you want to skip that part, then you can totally just print it at home. I'll have a link soon and you can have it in your hot little hand before you even get to Disneyland. So you can stop by and say hello and grab a printable if you want and start your fun day. Or you can just dive right into your day at Disneyland. Then we're going to have a designated meeting spot that evening and anyone who completes the challenge and comes to the meeting spot will get a raffle ticket and we'll draw four prizes. So there's going to be some pretty awesome prizes. I'm very excited about them. And after that, anyone who wants to join us for fireworks by It's a Small World is welcome to. And then anyone who's interested is welcome to join us. We'll go hit some rides for the rest of the evening. I think it's going to be really fun. We wanted to do something that was free. 
because I didn't like the idea of charging people for something like this. And we didn't want it to take up your whole day. So if you're visiting with family, then this is something fun you could do. You can definitely just do the challenge. You don't have to meet up with us for prizes or fireworks. But if you'd like to, then we would love to have you come hang out. And speaking of printables, I made a new one that I am over the moon excited about. I made two, but they're the same thing. Just one for Disneyland and one for California Adventure. I now have printables for quick service dining at both parks at the Disneyland Resort. I'm so excited about this. These printables each have quick service options listed along with a sampling of the menu and prices. So here's why this is helpful. Say you're at Disneyland with your family and it's getting close to lunchtime and you ask everybody what they want to eat. There's a good chance that they'll reply, what do they have? Well, you can spend a bunch of time searching through each and every menu on the Disneyland app or you can just hand your family my printable and they can quickly glance at it to decide what they'd like to eat. Or maybe your kid is like, I want mac and cheese. Well, again, you can search through all of the menus on the Disneyland app, or you can just glance at my printable and find the closest place with mac and cheese, mobile order it, and you're on your way. Do you see why I'm excited? I think these will be so, so helpful. I've organized everything by land so you can quickly see what's by you, and I think you need this for your next trip. So I will put a link in the show description. If anyone wants one, they're totally free. Just click on it. I'll email you the printable, and then you can print it out and have it for your next Disney trip. Thank you so much to everyone who has followed my show and rated and reviewed it. I appreciate it so much. This show would not be possible without you. If you are a new listener, then welcome. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy to have you. And if you've been here for a while, then thank you too. I love that you are here. Let's get into some Disneyland news because there is a lot to share today. Unfortunately, we recently got word that Fantasmic will not be returning to Disneyland until after Labor Day. I am actually so surprised by this. I thought for sure it would be back quickly with the dragon projection, but it seems like Disney is going to use this time to revamp the show a little bit. So here's a letter that Disney sent to cast members. Let me read it to you. It says, Fantasmic on hiatus through at least Labor Day. With the goal of delivering the best possible show for our guests, we have made the difficult decision to put Fantasmic on hiatus through at least Labor Day. Impacted performers and support cast members have been notified and teams are working on schedule on scheduling and cross-training opportunities. We are taking this time to evaluate the show and explore opportunities to add new magic and touches for guests to enjoy. More information will be coming soon on alternate experiences for guests this summer. So that's too bad. There are a lot of summer guests who will be disappointed, and there are a lot of cast members who worked on the show that are affected by this as well. But it is kind of exciting that they're going to be adding some things to the Fantasmic show. So that could be interesting. Um, I am bummed, though, that it's not going to be around all summer. There is speculation about what it could mean when the letter mentions alternate experiences for guests this summer. Because they really do need some time of nighttime, some kind of nighttime entertainment 
over at Disneyland. And Fantasmic was a huge draw that sucked up a lot of people and they need those kinds of attractions. So they need something. They could definitely bring back one of the nighttime parades. That's kind of been tossed around there. Maybe the Main Street Electrical Parade or the Paint the Night Parade. I guess time will tell, but it seems like we might be getting some type of different nighttime entertainment for the summer. I will keep you posted. There was also a change to the reservation system at Disneyland that just happened effective immediately. Guests can now modify their reservations without needing to cancel first. And this includes changing their starting park and even the date of their their visit. So this is huge news. Guests at Walt Disney World have been able to do this for a really long time. And I'm not sure why we haven't had this option. It seems like We should have had it from the very beginning of the reservation system, but we haven't. But finally, we've got it, and I'm really happy about it because it was such a pain to cancel your reservation and then rebook it when you wanted to make a change. Plus, you ran the risk of not being able to get another reservation if you were trying to reserve on a busy day, which was always stressful. So I think this is a great change that we finally have. We're finally catching up with Walt Disney World. I also found out, not I, we, we found out that Walt Disney World is closing the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at the end of September. So this was that interactive Star Wars experience that was a hotel, but it was kind of like a cruise ship on land through outer space. I mean, obviously you weren't really cruising through outer space, but it was made to feel that way. So you were totally immersed in this interactive Star Wars experience for a couple of days. It only lasted 18 months, very short-lived. I never did it because the price tag was too rich for my blood. It was so expensive. Now, the only reason they would close an experience like this, because it cost them $100 million to create this, The only reason they would be closing it is if they weren't making money. So it seems obvious to me that either there wasn't enough demand for this type of experience or the price point was too high. And I suspect it was probably a little bit of both. So while we're talking about Disney World, you might have heard about the huge project that was supposed to relocate around 2000 Disney Park experience and products employees, jobs to Orlando. So this has been big news a while ago. um, And it was supposed to have been all wrapped up by December of 2022, but it wasn't. And it was recently announced that the whole operation was canceled and employees could stay in California. Uh, This is good news for all those employees who didn't want to move to Florida, although I heard that some of them already did move to Florida. And now they're trying to relocate their families back to California. Kind of a mess. I guess it didn't work out because so many employees didn't want to relocate to Florida. And you may have heard that Disney is also having some political trouble with Florida at the moment. So that is now off the table, which is good news for Disneyland and those employees who wanted to stay. Okay, do you remember Disney Forward? Does that sound familiar at all? During the pandemic, then Disney announced an initiative called Disney Forward, which basically laid out a bunch of really cool ways that they'd like to expand 
Disneyland and Downtown Disney and California Adventure, and everyone was super excited. There's a website. If you Google Disney Forward, you'll be able to see it. It has all this concept art and all these different things that they could do, new attractions, new lands, all kinds of amazing things. Well, the project was created to help change some zoning laws in Anaheim. No actual concrete plans for expansions to Disneyland have been announced, but these are just ideas. So Disney's trying to get the city of Anaheim excited about the possibilities. There's a lot of things that Disneyland would like to do, of course. And most people assume that Disneyland can't grow anymore at all because everything around it is blocking it in, which really isn't accurate. They don't have the space to expand that Walt Disney World does, but they do have options. They own a lot of land around Disneyland itself, but they can't expand the park there because of zoning laws that are in place by the city of Anaheim. So Disneyland is now moving forward and trying to work with the city of Anaheim to get things rezoned. If they're successful, then it would be huge, and we could expect to see some really cool and significant changes to Disneyland in the future. That could be exciting. Phew, that was a lot of Disney news. Are you tired yet? No, just me? <laughs> Let's take a little teeny tiny break, and when we come back, I am going to tell you a little story about Space Mountain at Disneyland. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mixin' Some Magic. Once upon a time, there was an incredibly popular attraction at Disneyland called Space Mountain. Perhaps you have heard of it. Space Mountain opened in Disneyland on May 4th, 1977 in Tomorrowland and was the second roller coaster type ride to open at Disneyland. The first one was the Matterhorn. It's Disneyland's second tallest structure. It's 118 feet tall. The tallest is Matterhorn. Space Mountain cost $20 million to build and took two years to construct. This was the first attraction to surpass the total cost to build all of Disneyland in 1955. Plus, it took double the amount of time to build it that it took to build all of Disneyland back in 1955. It covers almost an entire acre in Tomorrowland and part of the attraction is actually underground. Because of its height, the attraction was built 15 feet underground to ensure that it did not overpower the rest of the park's attractions, and it also had to comply with Anaheim building codes. Space Mountain's building is 200 feet in diameter and 118 feet high and has the capacity to put nearly 2,000 people an hour on the attraction, which is a pretty good fast-loading attraction. Space Mountain attraction that we know and love today is based on an idea called Spaceport, which was drawn up by Disney lad legend John Hench in 1964. His drawing included tracks spiraling down the outside of the structure too, which didn't end up happening, but he's the one that came up with the concept and the idea for Space Mountain originally. Now, Spaceport would have worked well for the mid-1960s redesign of Tomorrowland. That's kind of what he was drawing it up and prepping the idea for, but it just wasn't in the budget, especially since Walt Disney World was being built and eating up all of Disney's money at this time. 
Plus, they really didn't have the technology to create an attraction to the level that they wanted. So it was kind of put on the shelf for a while. Imagineers continued to dream, though. In 1968, a map of Disneyland showed an early version of Space Mountain located just where it is today, and it was called Spaceport and Rocket Flight, Future Attraction. That's what it was labeled on the map. And the drawing has swirling ramps around the outside and tall spires on the top. Did you know that Walt Disney World's version of Space Mountain was the first one to open? It actually made its debut in 1975 over in Florida and was so popular that construction on Disneyland Space Mountain began that same year. Even though they have the exact same attraction at both parks, Disneyland's version is a little bit different. At Disneyland, you sit side by side, and at Walt Disney World, you sit one person in front of the other, kind of in a vehicle similar to the Matterhorn bobsleds. Walt Disney World's version of Space Mountain also has two tracks, and Disneyland only has one. When Space Mountain opened at Disneyland in 1977, it completely broke an attendance milestone. 1970 had been the only time that attendance had broken the 10 million, 10 million people mark person. The 10 million person mark. We'll just say 10 million. The 10 million mark. But in 1977, a new record was set at just under 11 million visitors that year. Guess we're incredibly excited to check out this new roller coaster. Understandably so. I read that on the attraction's opening day, the line went all the way to the park entrance. From Tomorrowland to the park entrance. And I'm not sure if that's true, but I wouldn't doubt it because they didn't have things like virtual queues back then. And this ride was a really big deal. This wasn't just any roller coaster. This was a roller coaster in outer space. And nothing had been done like this in the past. And guests were pretty excited. The idea is simple. Just a roller coaster in the dark. But you add some stars and this thrilling idea that you're on a rocket ship in outer space and you have a winner. The top speed of Space Mountain is only 35 miles an hour, which I was surprised by because the darkness makes it feel so much faster. Plus the fact that you can't see where you're going to anticipate the turns and drops adds to the excitement and the feeling that you are really careening through outer space. Fans are also used to blow air in your face to make it feel like you're going even faster. It's really quite an ingenious idea. Now, the stars that you see all around you when you're riding are created by floor-mounted disco balls, which is such, I mean, it's just funny to think about. I don't know how I thought they did it, but I didn't even think about disco balls. On opening day, six of the original Mercury astronauts attended the ride opening, which is pretty cool. I wonder what they thought of it. I didn't, I couldn't find much information about it, but one quote from one of the astronauts said that it was the closest thing that you could get to visiting outer space on Earth. When Space Mountain first opened, there was no soundtrack. There was no music at all. So you just rode in silence which is kind of hard to even imagine, isn't it? I mean, I'm just so used to the soundtrack. I can't imagine just sitting there in silence, but that's what, that's what it was. 
the soundtrack for the ride wasn't even added until 1997. So a lot of the time that Space Mountain has been around, there was no soundtrack. But now it has a soundtrack that is a mixture of sci-fi horror and surf music, which is kind of a funny, strange combination, but it works. So at the beginning, when you're just starting to take up, take off and go off, go up the first couple of lifts, there's kind of this sci-fi strange music. And then once you get going on the the track, you know, your, your vehicle starts moving around the track, then it turns into kind of this surfer rock song. It's strange, but it works. In 1998, something crazy happened and someone, I don't know who, no one really takes ownership of this, but someone decided to paint the whole white exterior retro colors. So Space Mountain became this strange brown bronze color. And it wasn't just Space Mountain. They did a whole theme that year and a bunch of Tomorrowland was repainted in those colors. And it lasted for quite a while. It wasn't until 2003 that the whole attraction closed for two years for a refurbishment. Two years, you heard me right. Can you even imagine? It seems like such a long time because that's how long it took to build the whole attraction. And then they closed it to refurb it for two years. It's a long time. They replaced the track, redesigned the ride vehicles, updated the queue with the new silver spaceship. And then thankfully, at that point, they repainted the whole thing white. So that's good, good news. Now, I was trying to remember if I saw it when it was brown, and I'm sure I did, but I have no memory of it. I was in high school back then, and so maybe I didn't even visit when it was clo- when it was brown. I'm not sure. But if you go online and look up to search for it, you'll find it. There's lots of pictures out there, and it's kind of surprising. Definitely looks better white. Now, originally, there was an escalator ramp that was the entrance to the attraction. So it took you up to the second level where you entered the ride. And this was taken away during the refurbishment and changed to our current entrance. It used to be that the ramp started right by the little water feature attraction that they have now. That's that big granite ball that rolls in the water and the kids like to try to push it and try to stop it. That's where the escalator started. And then they took all that out, which makes more room in that area. So that's a good thing. In 2016, a nighttime overlay called Rocket Mountain debuted. Rocket Mountain never appeared to the general public, so most people don't remember it at all. But it appeared during a 2006 grad nights, along with the song Let It Out by Hoobastank with a voiceover by Cosmic Ray. I don't even know what the song Let It Out by Hoobastank sounds like. I wonder if I would recognize it. I need to look it up. So that happened just for grads, and it didn't last long because in 2007, Rockin' Space Mountain was introduced as a temporary overlay of Space Mountain, which really changed the theme of the ride. So they changed the soundtrack to a Red Hot Chili Peppers song called 
well, it was a cover of, it's the cover of the band's, all right, I'm going to say this right. It, the song that plays is a tune of the band's cover, Stevie Wonder's Higher Ground. So it's Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Stevie Wonder's Higher Ground. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, the whole theme of the ride was changed. So you weren't just on a rocket ship in outer space anymore. With this overlay, you were at a concert in outer space. So the overlay utilized different special effects than the normal Space Mountain, such as LED concert style lighting. They, I've even heard that they had projections of dancers. So it was a party in outer space, and I wish I would have been able to see that. The overlay lasted less than a year, so maybe it wasn't super popular, but I would have loved to see that version. Then, in 2009, a Halloween overlay called Ghost Galaxy was added to Space Mountain at Halloween time. And along with Ghost Galaxy came spooky projections on the facade of Space Mountain each night. Ghost Galaxy had an ominous soundtrack and kind of a strange premise. I think maybe the, the concert in outer space was a better idea than Ghost Galaxy. So with Ghost, Galaxy, with Ghost Galaxy, it's almost as if your rocket ship has like slipped into some kind of time portal and then you've entered this dimension that's filled with ghosts chasing you through outer space before you finally get out safely. So it's a little strange. It's not my favorite. I have ridden on Ghost Galaxy multiple times. Um, kids don't seem to like it as well. It is spooky. There's, I mean, scary ghosts chasing you around. There's like some projection of an eyeball. It's very strange. Most kids don't seem to enjoy it. I mean, it is kind of fun to have a little change from the normal Space Mountain. But that overlay has not been seen since 2018. So it first happened in 2009 and was around until 2018. And then they have not brought it back. So every year we kind of wonder, is this the year? Are they going to bring back Ghost Galaxy for Halloween time? But ever since 2018, it has not happened. So will it happen again this year? I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. But I kind of suspect no. In 2015, though, we got the Hyperspace Mountain Overlay, which is my very favorite one. So in this version, it's set to the Star Wars theme by John Williams and filled with exciting things from the Star Wars movies like TIE Fighters and X-Wing Starfighters. And you'll feel like you're fighting against the First Order. It's usually around from early May through June so that it can be part of the Star Wars Night at Disneyland. It's very fun, and every time I ride it, I always find myself wishing that this was the only version of Space Mountain because it is so fun. But let's talk about just the original version of Space Mountain that you get most of the time when you are visiting Disneyland. So once you enter the queue for the attraction, you'll feel like you're inside of a space station. There's lots of winding corridors and long walkways that you make your way through. The queue at Disneyland is pretty basic and really doesn't have too much to look at. Now the queue for Space Mountain at Walt Disney World is more fun. It doesn't have a ton, but it is more fun. 
Although it's pretty basic, there are still some fun things that you can look for as you're going throughout the queue for Space Mountain. So read everything as you go through and keep your eye out for the number 77. It is all over the queue. You'll see it come up again and again and again. And this is to pay tribute to the year that Space Mountain opened in 1977. Now remember how I mentioned that Space Mountain was originally designed by John Hench? Well, Hench was also the official artist of Mickey Mouse. He painted versions of Mickey for the 25th and the 50th and the 75th birthdays. And Hench not only received the Disney Legend Award, but his name also appears in the queue for Space Mountain as an homage to his vision of the future. So this is pretty cool. Make sure you look up as you walk through the corridors and you will see a little sign dedicated to him. Well, it's not a sign. It's just painted. It's painted there. So if you're paying close attention, you'll see that it says Bay 12 Command Module Captain J. Hench, which is pretty cool. I would love to have my name painted on a Disneyland ride someday. <laughs> I think I have to be like an Imagineer for that. I don't think that's a dream that's going to come true, but you never know. Okay, so once you make your way into the final room before the attraction, then you'll see this huge spaceship in the center, and it's pretty impressive. But make sure you keep looking for those number 77s, because you'll see them in that room too and on the spaceship. Once you're in this room, then you'll be able to see how quickly cast members try to load and unload guests from this ride. So when you enter this room, then you're above the attraction and you can see them down below loading and then you make your way down a ramp. Where the line goes around and then it's your turn to load once you get to the lower level. But as you're looking down, pay attention to the cast members. They try to make the transition from guests leaving to guests coming in in 30 seconds. It's really quick, and this is in order to keep the ride moving as quickly and efficiently as possible. For guests that might need more time to load than 30 seconds, there's approximately like a 20-foot section of track that is movable, and so they keep this over to the side, and they have a ride vehicle on it, and this allows cast members to load those that might need extra help onto that vehicle and then after being loaded the entire rocket and track quickly slide onto the main track and then they are on their way. It's pretty cool to watch this transition so if you pay attention you might be able to see it. I've had the chance to ride this version before. This version, it's the same version, but it's just a more relaxed way to get on it. They fill those cars. So if there's somebody that needs assistance, they'll pull other guests from the line to come and ride in that vehicle too. So that's what I've been able to do. And it's kind of cool to see how they accommodate people who need more time to get on and off the ride. And then they slide it on. No time is lost and you're on your way. So it's kind of entertaining to watch the cast members trying to hurry guests through on and off. And it's magical to watch this transition that they have too. So pay attention to that. And when you are closer, you might notice that the speakers on each ride vehicle make a hidden Mickey. So pay attention to that as well. Now, once you're on board, it's almost time for takeoff, but not quite yet. So after your seatbelts are checked, then you'll pull up a little bit and stop in front of a cast member who is in this room above you looking down on you. 
and you are actually being weighed at this moment. So this cast member's job is to weigh the rocket to ensure that they don't send it too soon and that a heavier car doesn't catch up with a lighter one because Space Mountain is completely propelled by gravity after you get to the lift or after you go down the lift. So they have to send the cars. They have to space them out properly. They don't want a heavier one catching up with a lighter one. Once I was visiting with a bunch of friends and we got so excited because we thought we'd be able to ride in the same rocket all at once. You can fit 12 guests on each rocket and we had 12 people in our group. So we were so excited. But the cast member kindly told us that we weighed too much and would need to be split up. And it was pretty funny. So I guess they need to balance the cars with kids and adults for weight purposes. And there is a weight limit. Like there's a weight limit that the whole rocket can't weigh more than. And if they had put all of us in it, we would have weighed too much. <laughs> so we still like to joke about it. After you are weighed and the cast member has sent you on your way, then you'll head up through a tunnel that's filled with lots of lights. And this is where they're kind of swirling around where you kind of hear the ominous sci-fi music. And then you'll be in outer space and you'll be heading up another lift. And after that, gravity takes over, which is kind of funny on a ride that's set in outer space. That gravity is what makes it work. Is that funny? No. Okay. That's not even funny. I don't know why I brought it up. All right. After that, you are on your way and there are twists and turns and dips and drops and they're all exciting and totally unexpected as you zoom your way through outer space. I am 100% sure that this is the closest to being in space that I will ever be and I love this ride so much. Sometimes those fans that blow air in your face, I don't know, they like pull tears out of my eyes. So I'll just be have tears streaming down my face from the fans. Does that happen to anyone else? No? Just me? Okay. Now at the very end, they're going to take your picture. So get ready for it. We like to decide what we're going to do ahead of time if I'm in a group. When I'm with my kids, we like to pick out funny things to do. It's also a good way to pass time in line. It's trying to decide what you're going to do for your picture. Um, last year, I was visiting with my sister, and we thought it would be so funny, like so funny, to make it look like we were in the middle of a big sibling fight for our ride photo. Um, and she said, I'll pretend like I'm choking you, and you be screaming. And we thought it would be hilarious. But it turns out that my sister, she didn't know where they take the picture on the ride. They take it at the very end. But she wrapped her hands very gently around my neck at the beginning of the ride. Like right after we go down the first lift, she grabs my neck. And the photo is until the very end. But I started laughing so hard that I couldn't tell her that it wasn't time yet because I could not get enough breath to utter the words, it's not time yet, you don't have to be holding onto my neck. Because the idea of how absurd we must look speeding through outer space with her hands around my throat had me laughing so hard that I could not even say any words to her. I was crying, you know, their fans pulling tears out of my eyes, plus I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard. 
Anyway, we got a great picture. It was so good. And I snapped a picture of it to get the code, but Disney never put it on my app. And I suspect that it's because it was violent or something because she was choking me and I was screaming. <laughs> and it probably went against guidelines, which I did not consider beforehand. Um, but it made for a pretty funny picture. So we sent it to our family group chat and we just said, the sister Disney trip is going well. And it was so fun. One of my favorite memories on Space Mountain for sure. Good times. Now Space Mountain lasts three minutes and you have to be 40 inches to ride. And just like all the other attractions, you do need to be eight years or older to sit alone. So if you're like, for example, um, no, it's seven, I'm sorry, seven years or older to sit alone. So for example, I had my girls with me at Disneyland a few years ago and my youngest was eight and she was sitting with her sister who was like, I don't know, 11. And the cast member, they buckled them in, they pulled a little ahead. And while they were weighing them, a cast member came over to my daughter and said, how old are you? Because they wanted to make sure that she was seven. You can't ride by without an adult or someone over 14 unless you are seven. And my daughter thought they were asking how she was. So she said, good. And they said, no, how old are you? And she looks at the cast member and smiles and she says, good, real slowly. <laughs> and I had to turn around and I had to say, she wants to know how old you are. She's like, oh, eight. Cast member's like, perfect. So we kind of messed up their 30 second launch on that point at that point but so you do need to be seven or older or sit with a an, a person 14 years or older to ride now they recently did bring back their single rider line option so that is pretty exciting it was gone for a while and now it's back to do single rider you just enter through the exit, which feels different. But when you get to the exit, you'll see signs that say single rider line, or you can ask a cast member right there for help. They can point you in the right direction for sure. Well, that's Space Mountain for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure enjoyed putting it together for you. I do have a huge favor to ask you. I am doing an episode in the near future about magical Disney moments, and I'd love to share some of yours. Have you had a magical moment at one of the Disney parks? If so, then I would love to hear about it and possibly share it on a future episode. So please email me, melissa at mixinsomemagic.com. I'll put my email in the show description or send me a DM on Instagram with your experience or if you prefer, you could also send me a voicemail with your story that I could play on the episode. That would be really cool too. I'll put a link to my voicemail in the show description as well. You are the very best. Thank you so much for being here. I'm ready to tackle my busy week and then dive into summer. Well, I don't know if I'm ready, but ready or not, here I come. <laughs> I hope you have a great day. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.